Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. checking in. Very bullish on the Patriots. Yeah, actually, I, I wish he was on a little bit longer. I would like to talk about the, the difference between the L.A. Because he would have a great perspective being from L.A. Oh, the Dodger way versus the Red yeah, Sox Bouncing way. on the trampoline with Nicole Eggert. Actually, no, he didn't. Like Jeff Supon did, who went to his high school. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, he would have a great perspective of it. He is, yeah, but he is... Maybe he's right. Maybe they beat the Eagles. Maybe the offensive line holds up. Maybe their their weapons are enough. I was not. I was tight, taken aback by that, Ken. Like well, how optimistic he was. Fourier has been optimistic. Cadillac has been optimistic. Tommy yeah. Curran. Tommy Curran has predicted upwards of twelve wins. Oh, really? I think he's backed off that a little. My faith has been shaken by the offensive line. I, it's just, it, it may be, you, you called me a simpleton earlier. or, or hinted No, at you, that. You, you called yourself a simpleton. Yeah, you, I, you just, I agree. Uh, yes, between the lines. And Curtis does every week. I, I, I am a simple man. I would agree. But yes, how can you not just look at the overall assessment of they have no depth on the O-line. That's a fact. No proven depth anyway. If the starters are healthy, I suppose they've got a working unit. But this is important, and, and we've not seen them together. And they, Mac had three series in the preseason, three. It, it's, it all comes back. And, and with Christian, I, I, he makes good points, but it all comes, if the offensive line is bad, it doesn't make a difference. None of this makes a difference right. if the offensive line is bad. That's the point, which maybe, maybe Fourier is right, and they'll be fine. When, once the season starts, the, the starting line will be out there, and they'll be all together, and they'll be okay. So that's what, you get. That's what you're left to hope. It's just a hope at this point. Over to the Red Sox, who are playing the Dodgers, who took over Fenway last night. Mookie shirts abound. The return of Mookie. And they're starting to trickle in here at Lansdowne Street. They're organizing the parade. I will say once again, a plea to everybody who has a soul in, in, all, these, uh, in all these Reds, among all these Red Sox followers. Uh-huh. I'm not saying stop the parade. 
I'm not saying boy, you know, like put up a roadblock. I'm not saying violence. Have your own parade. Why can't Why can't we have a parade? Have a counter parade. A counter parade. Yeah. But like in, like in the Boston Common days of yore, when you'd have one group and then you'd have the counter group. You'd, yeah. It'd be, it would be shouting organizations. Yes. That would be good. So it's it should be embarrassing. It should be embarrassing when a, a rival team team comes in across the country, none none west. Yep. And this absolutely takes over Fenway Park like they did yesterday. Dodgers chance throughout the game. Now, here is your ammo for that group, the Red Sox group that could form, the militia, if you will, the Minutemen that come together. You've got Pedro Martinez in the booth last night ripping the Dodgers. Okay, this was good. This is good. And yeah, that's what we need. We need more common, of that, right? Yeah, it's a common refrain, yeah. but it was great to hear Pedro say it, and here's, uh, here's how it sounded. Pedro, is it easier to play in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium than it is in the cities you just mentioned? Yes, it is, uh, by far. Because in L.A., you have a lot of people that will show up at the stadium, and they know that they expect a good team and, and, and good players. But they come late and leave early. <laughs> yeah. so, and, and, and I don't know, for some reason, wow, a lot of play. In, the, in the Eastern Division, there's a lot more attention to the details of the game and the details of the players and everything that's going on around them than in the West Coast. Okay, so that's not like breaking news, but you hear Pedro say that. And by the way, Joe loves him some Pedro. It, he he could have kept him for the whole game. He was like very sad to say goodbye. It was a good two innings, I got to say. Also, the, the foul out of play. I love Joe working the play, but that's so good. It's it's it's, it's a said, masterpiece. People don't understand how difficult that is and, and how much Joe values <laughs> that you do not ever miss a pitch or yeah. miss a play. And Pedro is there. And you know, and Pedro's just tight. He doesn't know, but Joe is finding that 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 two seconds foul out of play. Well, yeah, it's tough for, because of the pitch clock. This has oh. been a, the year of the adjustment for Joe Castiglione too, because he he loves these in-game interviews of old alumni. Well, we, we Pedro's his favorite, other than maybe Jackie Bradley, and then he's got the pitches coming fast and furious for two innings while he's trying to talk to Pedro. And he's not going to tell Pedro, say, hey, you know what, like like me. You better stop that story, and we'll huh. pick it up after this pitch. Right. But anyway, so Pedro saying that, um, hey, L.A. fans out there, you should take great offense to this. Number one, it's not true. Again, more hype Pedro hyperbole. You don't think it's true? The Dodgers, the, 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 the Dodgers, the, the Dodgers don't pay a much, a, a, as much attention to detail because they're on the West Coast. I mean... That's what Pedro says. I take him literally. He said earlier, know, Brian Bayo has better stuff at a younger age and is the next Pedro Martinez. That is now fact. And he said Dodgers, Dodgers fans stink. So there you go. <laughs> now Mookie chose Do the Dodgers. Yes. Mookie didn't want to play here. He wanted to go to L.A. This is what we learned all along. Mookie talked yesterday, and I am convinced False. after hearing him, he never wanted to stay here. Probably had some arrangement behind you, the scenes. The weird, the, the weird thing is, the weird thing is, is that you're taking this approach and this opinion because Mookie said it's hard to play in Boston. It makes you a better player. He said he played in fear here. He, he was saying he was saying that he was. They made him fearful of being a bad player. Yeah, right. It was a compliment. No, nope. it was a it was not. It was not at all. And I would have had many calls agree with me. Actually, no, actually we, we've had zero callers agree with you. No, we had one. And we had one caller agree with me. No, we had one agree with me. Now, 
Let's go to West by God, Virginia. Joe is it weighing in on the Mookie Bet situation. Hello, Joe. It's a super yeah, dope place. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. The Mookie Bet ship has sailed. Uh, wonderful. How are you today? We're good. The, Joe. the, the, the Mookie, great. Good to hear. The Mookie Bet ship has sailed, and my focus is more on the right fielder right now for the Boston Red Sox, Alex Verdugo. Mr. Kenneth Laird, with your permission, it's your show. A Rod Bradford. Steve Buckley, a Peter Gammons. They're going to know more about the Boston Red Sox than Hyam Bloom would know from the sporting end of it. I mean, they're great guys, and Peter Gammons, I, I believe, has a Yale, honorary Yale fellow for journalism, some kind of award. They don't probably just pass them out to anyone. And, but the, the point being is they're going to know that. What Hyam Bloom knows, and I'm tired of the heavy hand in this towards him, by the way, it's not like he's running the New York Mets it would have been smart to talk to Bill Madden. He would have saved him $50 million the owner there. And the New York Yankees, San Diego Padres, top three payrolls in baseball. I could understand the venom. I think Hyam Bloom has a plan in place, a foundation piece Rob Bradford mentioned, frontline pitching, Brian Bale. Then you get a hitter if you want to do it with power, Tristan Cassis, speed, Jared Duran, everyday man, Mr. Yoshida. You know, they, the core is here. I think in like 2025, They'll have that World Series contender. I like it. I like to hear it. There's a Heim Bloom defender, a member of the Bluminati in the hills of West Virginia, Rob. I'm not sure about the Mets' whole thing, but of the accuracy there, but fine. Bill Madden bought the Bill, Mets. Bill Madden. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree. Like, listen, I agree with you. Is that, like, I love the passion. I love the fact that like, he clearly is invested. In, and I, I also love that you, know, that you there is that other side understanding that we're not just flying blind here. We're not just like dropping bombs and saying, "Hey, every move the Heimblum is making is bad." Like I, I agree with a lot of what he's done, and he's made a lot of great moves. But you know, at the end of the day, what's frustrating is that is that it's a results business, right? It is a results business, and for me, for this year, which we really haven't talked a lot about, but for me this year, what has been frustrating all along, going back to the trade deadline, going back to the underdog comment, is you have this opportunity here where you have a team that is good enough to compete. Yep. And I'm going to say it, good enough to compete to make the World Series. They are. Should, they, have, been, should have been a 90-win team. They're going to be an 85-win team. Well, whatever it is, whatever yeah. gets you, this is how, what we've learned from baseball. If you get into the postseason the way it's constructed, Philadelphia Phillies, Washington Nationals, Atlanta Braves, whatever it is, then you can win. And... They're judging by how they have done up until last night or semi-recently, you beat the good teams. And we've seen them. They can beat the good teams. They can beat the Houston Astros. They can beat any team in the American League. So my problem has been, can we just pump the brakes on 2026 and just look at what you have in front of you? Yeah, they've wasted this year or, or on well, the precipice I mean, of it. I mean, they need to Yeah, really I mean, it go, and it goes back to the trade deadline. I'm not saying make it like an, uh, you have to make an enormous move. I understand. You aren't trading Brian Bayo for Dylan Cease. That's fine. But Middleton, a guy that the Yankees got, the relievers from the White Sox, this, I can point to spots in this stretch over the last few weeks where having that extra relief pitcher, by the way, including last night, would really behoove you in terms of getting where you want to go. Michael Lorenzen, Phillies pitcher. For mid-level prospect. We talked about that last week. That would have been the sweet spot. Yes. Let's hit a trending, and we'll be back with more of this. 617-779-7937. Socks on the table. Pats on the table. Preseason ends. Here is Brian. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. We've noticed that Alex Cora has taken to wearing an underdog shirt lately. Is that uh, it? Does that mean he is embracing that designation by you, or is he trolling you? I, uh, I, I love it. Um, look, your season's a grind, man. You guys know uh, it's one sixty-two in uh, what one hundred eighty-six days. Um, so anything that brings a smile to uh, anybody's face, anything that keeps it light, uh, you know, a lot of those things. Uh, you need those things over the course of the season. So I'm all for it. So, the underdog shirt was a topic of the week with Cora and Gresham Fourier, and they're the follow-up with the chief baseball operator. Good question. That was a good question. It's an important one. We broke that down last week. You, you foreshadowed it here. We set best, the dialogue here. Best 70s cartoons. We did, and uh, Bradville, by the way, in for Curtis today from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio here on Lansdowne Street. Dodgers fans trickling in in greater numbers by the minute. But what did you think of Bloom's answer? Uh, trolling is the proper word. It, there's no arguing that word. Cora is trolling his boss. It, you know, uh, we we obviously pick apart, you know, Bloom, like in his job he does. But I, I'll say this: is that he's got a pretty good demeanor for what he's like <laughs> endured here. Um, that being the latest example of it, uh, he's pretty self-deprecating, which is important, I think, in this in this market. Um, so, I mean, I thought he answered that pretty well. And it was, like we said last week, it was bizarre in Washington when Cora's walking back and forth in front of Bloom with his underdog shirt on. Um, and then the last game, after our show last week, you know, it was, I told you, like, there's not room for interpretation because you can buy the shirt, the underdog cartoon, like, catalog. Mm-hmm. The last game in New York, after that game, which everyone was talking about, the beer shower. It was to celebrate Ramon Vasquez's first win as a manager. But after that game, Cora does the press conference wearing a shirt that says underdog with the dog on it. So there was no I – know, I know that those guys, Gresham Fourier, asked Cora about it, and they said, uh, oh, you know, the you, the ha-ha, you, you. Well, I mean, come on. Right, football season's coming up. Was it? It, it's not yet. Uh, it's again. There it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing to have, but at the same time, like the minute after he wore that shirt, they lose two in the row to Houston, and you're, you're in the precipice of, of falling out of it. Um, it's just, as I, as I said this week, with this team, making declarations is so difficult. You have to put a disclaimer with everything. You have to. Everything. 
Now, your colleague, John Tomasi, former WEI guy, yeah. friend of the show, uh, had a kerosene Ken like take this week, suggesting on NBC Sports Boston that Cora could be the god man out at season's end. You know, not definitively, but just kind of declaring that it, from the way he sees it, ownership supports Bloom. So Cora would be the guy, first guy to go. Do you agree with that? If you were to ask me which, which guy would leave first, it would probably be Corey for the only sense that, like, that they have put in their stake in Bloom. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I don't even want to answer the question that way because I think that it's the, both guys have uber support from, from ownership. So they'll both be back. I think so, yeah. unless, unless, you know, Alex Cora says, hey, you know, I just don't want to do this anymore. Okay. I'm Bloom's not saying that. But if Alex Cora, I think he has a year left on his contract. And, and you know, we talk about 2025, 2026, so forth and so on. We've said this a million times. Well, what's Alex Cora feel like? Is there this riff with Heim Bloom? The, is, he, is he on board with how this is going? As a manager of the Major League Baseball pe- team, your resume is built on wins. Yeah, but don't you think Cora is in the dugout today, last night? He's looking out there at Mookie Betts and Dodger Blue. He's looking out there at Ryan Brazier, getting the celebratory video on the Jumbotron. Probably not Brazier. J.D. Martinez is on, on the IL. I get it. But, you know, Kike was, didn't work out, but he was forced to play Kike this year at shortstop. He had no options there. And say, what, am I, what are we doing here? I'm out of here. This organization is making the wrong decisions, and I am losing. I am suffering because of it. I, it well, it all, I think it all depends on how this last month goes, honestly. If, if things fall apart, and then you end up, I don't know how to see it, how they finish after the Yankees, but they say that happens and just falls apart in September and you don't have the horses and you don't, and things don't come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a sense of frustration from court. There has to be. It, it, Thank God for the Yankees. God, that's that's the one step well, of salvation. Yeah, I mean. Because Boone is gonzo. He has to be. And it's not, do you think it's his fault? No, it's uh, not his fault. It's a poorly constructed team. Yeah. Steve in the truck. Hello, Steve. How Good are morning, you? guys. Hey, Steve. I'm all right. Please, let me finish today because you made that moron Paulie talk for five minutes, and all he ever does <laughs> is talk about himself. That's all he talks about is himself. Ken, I like you. You're an educated man, but at times you, and I'm going to put Fourier and Gresham in the same place with you, talk like morons. How do you know what Mookie Bess is thinking? He never said know. he was in fear. Neither do you. No, let me finish, please. He never said he was in fear. He said the fans make you feel... Like you cannot fail. It makes you a better player. That's Thank you. A compliment. I am a season ticket holder for 28 years, and I gave them up last year. I'm not no longer putting $20,000 a year into a team that does nothing for the fans. And that I put that exponentially on on the owner and on this general manager because they have one track minds with the money. Because they, yeah, the Steve. money's going elsewhere, whether it be Pittsburgh or whatever. But you can't tell me in Brady's case. You know what he was thinking. In Mookie's case, you think he, you think you know what he was thinking. All right, Steve. Do you uh, think? Do you think, do you, do you think Steve? Can I ask you a question? Do you think Mookie th- uh, feels that Boston is super dope? Do you think that that's how how I he think feels? He does. And I, with all the charities he did, the bowling and all that stuff, I went to a lot of those events. He was very genuine with those, and he always had a good attitude towards the people in the city. Yes, he's and a likable guy. Where they not... bowballed him in the beginning with the first offer being garbage, not the $300 million offer. That came later. And if they had met him in the middle where the Dodgers went, he'd have been here today. And you would have had a murderous row with him, Bogarts and Devers, and J.T. Martinez. 
You know what you would have had? You would have had the 28 Yankees or 27 Yankees over here. Wow. But no, they don't want to spend anymore. I'm sorry. Hmm. All right. Thank you for the call, Steve. And it's yeah, a now, super dope place to play. I mean, come on. It is a super dope place <laughs> I, to play. I mean, yeah, who can argue that? Not last night. It was a Dodgers sea of blue. And you had Mookie talking about all his opportunities. You asked him about everything he could do in L.A. He loves it out there. He made the right decision but, for himself. But, he didn't, so, he didn't so, feel comfortable here. Yeah, so there's no doubt that he has landed in a better place for Mookie Betts, 30-year-old Mookie Betts. No question about it. Right. But your, your take that he said, oh, it was, diff- it was difficult to play here, that the fans made you want to become better, that, that he wanted to leave because of that, it's just, it's such, even That's for, what he said. He said, I would advise players to come here, but if you suck, it's a bad place to play. Meaning, buy or beware, if you go to Boston but, and play poorly, it's going to be a nightmare. And, and so, do you think that, first of all, a guy as confident as he is, do you think that he doesn't relish that opportunity to be good no. and to have the cheers. He for wants him? support whether he plays well or, or struggles. Oh, he does. Which he Again, you just put words because in Pedro said they come late and they leave early, <laughs> and they don't criticize. Pedro also you. said that Brian Bayo is better than he is. <laughs> like it's it's amazing like what filters through your head. I I haven't used the kerosene can Twitter account in maybe seven years. But I, I might try to find the password for it and, and tweet from it again. By the way, we have the lineup. You want the lineup? I do. Okay. Lineup is out. Red Sox lineup. Verdugo, he may hit another leadoff home run in the fifth inning. Who knows? Um, Verdugo, right field. Justin Turner at first base. Oh, right off the turkey truck. Rob Refsnyder Rob is your number three hitter in left field. Rafael Devers, third base. Adam Duvall, center field. Trevor Story is your DH. Pablo Reyes, shortstop. Julio Urias at second base. Connor Wong is catching, and James Paxton is pitching. Most notably, Casas not playing. Ref Snyder, obviously, in left field, hitting third. That would suggest that a left-hander's on the mound. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. You can join the show, 617-779-7937. John on the Cape. Hi, John. Hey guys, how are you? Hey John. Guys, guys, can I let this let this breathe as much as you can? I'm going to put some onus on the people who cover this team, and let me tell you why, if if you allow me to. You know, you get Greg Hill intro, you know, interviewing Heimbaum. I listen. You guys are great. I buy your products, advertising. They're giggling. They giggle for 20 minutes a week. Heimbaum says, "Yeah, anything to keep." the season light and breezy we don't want light and breezy the, you just heard the season we want urgency we want culpability you, you know you know john tomasi said something two weeks ago when verdugo got benched for being late he said you know the whole all the reporters knew that verdugo's been late all year people like bradford nobody tells us anything let me stop so you right there me, let me, no no i'm sure. going to hang up i don't have that power anyway uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So when you mentioned that we knew that Verdugo showed up late, no, that's that. I know what John was talking about. What Verdu- Verdugo showed up reportedly, and Ian Brown reported this. It was, I mean, what, usually you're talking about okay, let's say for a seven o'clock game, players might show up yes. at two o'clock, okay, two thirty, right. something like that. Right. And so if Verdugo was showing up late. It was showing up on the later end. It wasn't showing up late. What late was when Rob, he got let me, back. Let me talk, Rob. I agree with you, but don't panic. No, but Rob. no, 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 no. Wait a okay. second. Right, you good. said that I wasn't reporting, or we weren't reporting anything. Okay, well, that is just that uh, is just mean, false. Okay, this, this is what I meant, Rob. 
Tomasi said the reporters knew Verdugo would always be the last one in the clubhouse. That's the first error. Oh, chicken and beer. You know, you, you, you got Francona staying down at the colonnade. They're having chicken and beer. and the, Nobody says anything to us. You know, it's just, it, even when you just read the lineup, you, 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 you're giggling. And, I mean, hey, it's all just sports. But I'll tell you what, I'm holding this media partly responsibility. And this is why. You guys, you guys chum along with them. The interviews are chummy. Down in the locker room, long as you can eat off the buffet, everything's chum- The best qu- question you guys ask is, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite color, Chris Steele? Chris Steele, what do you all think right, wait, about hey, Alex? Hey, what, what question do you want me to ask? I'm going to go down the clubhouse hey, like in two minutes. Me you, you give me a five minutes. You tell me what question you want to ask. You give me a five-day pass down there. No, I want you. I am going to do God's work for you. Clara, why are you going with this lineup? Let's do. Why'd you do that in the third? Hey, Alex, what do you think about the Verdugo this year? In his- okay. <laughs> what, what do you want? I'm going to ask you. I what? Do, I no, no. Wait, do you hang- He's gone. Oh, I was not going to answer. I just want to rip the media. I know, but I, I, I was giving him. Did you stop gift. giggling when reading the lineup? I mean, God, would you? This is was, serious stuff. When he said, when he said that, I was literally thinking, when did I giggle over? <laughs> like I, I think I just read the lineup. Uh, you know, it was uh, it's, very inappropriate. It's it's uh it's funny because what's what was the gentleman's name? I like him personally. I respect his John name. in the Cape. John in the Cape. So, you know, I, I remember going through, especially after the chicken and beer thing, right? The local media took a lot of hits, a lot of hits. But, you know, I think that, you know, being around, there was nothing that came out that we said, I, I, and I you know, I was around as much as anyone, and a bad job by me, bad job by everybody. Like, that some of the stuff that came out, we were just not privy to. We just didn't know. The first time that I was aware that it was as dysfunctional as it was, was literally on the second to, day, second to last day of the year that year where some players were murmuring. Remember they were in the Baltimore in that series. But when that came out, that was just good reporting by, you know, Bob Holler, Tomasi, these guys. True or false. Joe Haggerty was first to report that, that is the chicken. chicken and yeah, that, is <laughs> that was reported on by uh, Jones. I believe it was. Yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what else to tell you, All right, we'll but, see. but to go back to, so he was the caller was of that elk. Right. And, so I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration when the team isn't winning. But I can tell you probably there isn't, like when he mentions the Verdugo thing, yeah, he shows up later than most, but that's not late. It's two different things. Right. But he, when he was late, he was... Well, but yeah, but when, when it does, when someone gets benched, and good job by Ian Brown for having that report, then, okay, then you report it. David in the car. Hello, David. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. So this is a great topic about, and, and what, the one thing I want to say about Mookie, the comment that he made, he, he's 100% right. Us Boston, Bostonians, fans, we are terrible as fans because when our people are doing well, when our players are doing well, we praise them, we love them. And as soon as they don't, we are so quick to, to run them out of town. I mean, how many people want to – why do you think Brady left, guys? Because he knew that with the team that he had around him, he wasn't going to be successful. He was going to stink, and people were going to hate him around here. And as it is, a lot of people did because the last year he didn't make it deep into the playoffs. So this is how we are. That's just how we wired in Boston. It's we love the players as long as they're doing very well. As long as they don't, we don't. And here's another thing I want to say about interviews. 
So in the morning show, I listen to all the time. Everybody talks about Belichick, this, how bad, this or that, whatever the case. And then when they get him on one-on-one, face-to-face, the questions are soft. This is true. Eh, well, Curtis asks tough questions to Belichick. He, he doesn't shy away from and, – and the others do too, but I think there's a point where if you – you're not going to get much out of Bill if you're adversarial. Bill's yeah, let's try and piss him off the most we can, right? That, that'll be uh, good. There's a, there's, a fine, there's a line there. I mean, I don't think you want to toss softball. Well, this goes back to the Lombardi thing, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. how, like you, you, have to, you ask the questions, and, and we can't, <laughs> then you have the flip side of it where Michael Lombardi says, how dare you ask those questions of Bill Belichick? He knows <laughs> yeah. more than anybody. Well, I know they get personal for you. you got well, your- it was the most ridiculous statement of all time. Right. And so, so when they say that, well, you you got to ask the questions, and I think they do ask the questions. But it's literally with Belichick. It's literally like you have the questions, and you're like, all right, we got to ask this, and we know we're not going to get an answer. Uh-huh. Where, where, like for instance, uh, Greg asking about the underdog shirt to right. Heim. Right, good question. It's a good question. It's a bit and, uncomfortable, and, and also gives a a decent answer. Right. Okay. Like there you go. Right. But I mean, it's I I. These people who want these questions asked, I would just say this. All right, submit the questions, and we'll ask them. When I asked that caller, I said, okay, I'm going down to Cora. What do you want to ask? He's like, well, you got to ask him why he has this lineup. All right. Oh, my goodness. I can't do that. No. <laughs> I can't ask why Rob Refsnyder is hitting third. Sorry, I'm laughing. Yeah. Right, no laughing. It's very serious. we got Red Sox and Dodgers today, and the Dodgers fans are descending upon Lansdowne Street. The Ken and Curtis show with Rob Bradford up until 1 o'clock. We've got KJ and John Lyons from 1 until 3.10 pregame. Cooper Boardman will lead you into the Red Sox broadcast today with Sean and Joe on the call. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. This is Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston sports original everywhere you go. Curtis Show from Lansdowne Street, the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. Rob Radford and for Curtis. Some sad news to pass on here, Rob. A passing of a game show legend right now. The great Bob Barker of uh, Price is Right fame has passed away at the age of 99 per multiple reports. Almost made 100. I mean, I just heard somebody talking about how he was, he was planning this 100th birthday party. And just the other day, so I knew exactly how old he was. I mean, he was he's so close, Man. so close. But, but yeah, I mean, Bart Barker. Whew. It just some some people you never when he had his out of nowhere his hair turned from brown to white. <laughs> that was a the defining moment. That was like I'm getting older. Yeah, because I like how it, how did Bob Barker. Age this fast overnight. Well, that's what happened. But uh, yeah, uh, is he the goat of game show hosts? I mean, ooh, that is that's a, a great question. Um, I'd go Alex the, Trebek. Trebek's up yeah, there. Trebek's of course. up there. Yeah. Uh, who was the guy that did uh, ma- uh the dating, just the dating game? Oh, Chuck Woolery. Chuck Wool. Chuck Woolery is a classic. Chuck, two and two. 
We'll be back yeah, in two, two in two. So good. He also did uh, some some um, some spicy videos in the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah. Um, Wink Martindale, Dick Clark used to do the uh, Pyramid. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I think probably Bob Barker's going to be top three. And also, he's on the Mount Rushmore. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and it's great that he also has. Bob Barker has, I know there's some controversy on his Wikipedia page and everything else, but, uh, but he does have that de- defining moment, the moment which we always say, oh, Bob Barker, yeah, he did The Price is Right, but remember this, and of course it was... Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. He did, and of course he has the Barker Beauties as his legacy, which were... Uh, Again, there's some stuff on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I didn't... Well, oh, was he in trouble for something behind the scenes? Yeah, there was there some, was there was some lawsuits and things like that. Yeah, boy. Well, but we all, we want to celebrate it's a complicated legacy here as he passes away. <laughs> Bob left behind a complicated legacy. I don't. I, I think that's what you should strive for, Ken. A complicated legacy. When, no, no. When you when it's all said and done, uh-huh. uh, when you live this long life that you're living, mm-hmm. you're only halfway there, right? I hope so. Right. How old are you now? Forty-four. Okay. So you're only halfway there. I feel like I'm a quarter of the way there. I got my birthday coming up. Okay. 39 again doesn't make a difference mm-hmm. and just don't when when it's all said and done don't have them come on the radio and say it's a complicated <laughs> exactly well uh you know he uh as far as the uh you don't know where to go <laughs> no no he he retired at like 2007 or something i mean he was still at it at like 80 uh, 80 years and old. what's his name who does it now oh uh drew carry drew carry yeah cleveland guy Drew Carey, I am shocked that he's still doing it. Because when he when he started doing it, after about a week, it was like, oh, yeah, can we, uh, yeah. And I, have, I have not seen anyone so less motivated to do anything <laughs> than Drew Carey was in The Price is Right. And yet, here he is. But see, I felt that way about Pat Sajak. You would watch Wheel of Fortune and be like, this guy is just mailing it in. For 20 years, he was just mailing it in. He didn't want to be there, but the money was just too good. I think he flat said that. He's just like, we tape five episodes a day. I'm done for the week. I work one day a week, and they pay me a fortune. Why would I quit? But you could see it in that, the episode. That's, that's shocking. That never happens in this industry. No. Never, ever. Just playing out the street, because <laughs> you and I both are. 617-779-7937. When's your birthday? December 1. Man. And Bob's was December 12th. He almost made 100. That has to be, I don't know, I, I don't as, know what state he was As I had, told but. you, it must kill. Oh, no. oh, geez. No, I mean, it was, that's frustrating for everybody. Yeah. No, you want to hit the century mark when you're that close. But we'll transition to something. <laughs> that, uh, that was a complicated segment. Yes, it was. Now, uh, Red Sox today, you gave the light up. You laughed too often. If they win today, everything changes. As with this team, they are bipolar. You had the 3 nothing lead yesterday. They blew it. Well, I, they, got, they got so lucky this the the script flipping with Seattle and Houston that they didn't lose it just feels like Ken that every single day if you lose a game forget about if you lose two games if they ever lost the next two games and they lost two games in the standings and you're heading into Houston the Houston series down five and a half it just feels like well what's the point that's just how it feels do you feel like their rotation now because Hawks back and he'll pitch tomorrow but Crawford yesterday seemed to be you know, hit a wall between Hauk and him and Paxton, who needs like today's six days big. rest. Today is big. Well, yeah, it's like they have their they have five starters, somewhat legitimate, but they're all have sort of question marks. Around. Yeah, today's today with James Paxton's big. You Other than Bayo, who Pedro said is better than him, right? Um, 
I, I today I, today just feels like a really really important start for get James Paxton back on track. You, you there's no room for interpretation. I mean, you just have to. And that's after they lost those first two games in Houston. That's how it felt because you not only lost them, but then on the other side you have Verlander just like dealing, and you're like, oh well. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? We're piecing things together, and they're rolling out Justin Verlander. And then, obviously, things flip, and that's how this works for this team. But uh, today's a big game. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here, because I will be here, because all these people are gathering now outside Fenway Park. Look, look I see a lot more Red Sox jerseys out here on Lansdowne. saw a Josh Beckett jersey. A throwback. saw a Josh Beckett. So, I'll tell you, since we were talking about California, yep. you want me to tell you the story? Yeah, let's get one last the Bradford story. Yeah, so we were talking about California versus Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Well, Josh Beckett came on the Baseballs and Boring podcast and told a story that I had never heard before. When he was traded um, in the big trade in 2012 to the Los Angeles Dodgers, he had told them, he was like, I'm not accepting this trade. I think he was a 10-5 guy. He could decline the trade. And the Carl Crawford called him. And he wasn't taking the trade because of the taxes, state taxes. California state taxes. He didn't want to pay the state taxes. Carl Crawford called him and said, I'll pay for your taxes if you take the trade. That is the that is the difference. That is what you have to keep in mind when you say how great it is to play in California. Well, Turner, we talked about earlier, who has the event today, maybe done by now. He seems like his buy-in and success here could be big for next year's recruitment of free agents. If he's sticking if, around, if he, if he sticks around himself, <laughs> but they got to lock that up. Yeah. That should be step number one in the offseason. I would, I would lock him up, lock him in. All right, Bradfield, great job. All right, appreciate you filling in for Curtis. Curtis back next week. We'll be at BC for the BC game, nine to eleven thirty before pregame. KJ and Lions are next. Talk to you later. Weei, Weei, New England Sports Original. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.